Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. <laughs> Rick White, here's Radulov with a kiss. Scores! One timer, scores! Perry scores! Corey Perry! Here's Drysdale again, turns, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews in shoots, Austin Matthews! Schultz ahead, Crosby onside, behind the fence towards the net, he scores! Back across, fired, score! Crosby again! Tames with a shot, he scores! Tames shoves it front, they score! Jonathan Tames ties it! Look at that! Are you watching this? What a brilliant piece of work from Connor McDavid! Wow. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast, presented by Shattified Salon and Barbershop. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. McClay Vanderham, he's back. Vandy, how's it going? Vandy is dandy coming off of uh, a U11 city championship and and a U15 silver medal in the city. So it was pretty uh, successful last couple of weeks for the Vanderham household. That's awesome. Great to hear. And we have Jake Baker back. Bakes, how's it going? That's oh, good. Like I was just telling you guys before they started here, it's first day, kind of first weekday back after work. So it's a little bit crazy running around. Uh, prepping, same, no, no city championships, but getting ready for the boy to go down to Calgary, play in a tournament there, finally an out-of-town tourney. So I think the parents are just exa- as excited as the kid. That's awesome. Yeah, staying busy for sure, right? So oh. the way it needs to go. All right, well, you know, what a great interview we had. We'll start it off with, uh, you know, talking about uh, the great guests we have on today's podcast, uh, Tyler Toffoli from the Calgary Flames. This was a really good interview with Toffoli. Um, you know, Jay, I, Bandy, I know you're tied up. You couldn't get to it. Uh, but Bakes, uh, kind of what was your takeaway from the interview before we get to it uh, for all the listeners? Uh, uh, what was your thoughts on it? Yeah, I thought it was a great, great chat. You know, he's a pretty well-rounded guy. He talked about a lot of things, a lot of experience. You know, he shared uh, what it was like, you know, being on some of those teams, championship teams, coming up through the you know, Ottawa and, and playing. And then unfortunately for me, he told me the hype is real when it comes to being from the, the Toronto area and wanting to play for the, now you can bring it up. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> How it is for those guys yeah. in the Toronto yeah. area, for sure. Yeah, it's no. true. You know, it was nice to hear, you know, and, and it's really, it's, I'm just giving you digs there, but at the same time, it's, it, you know, it shows, you know, Canadian hockey as much as, you know, he really loves playing down in Calgary, but it just, just to realize what it means to, you know, be playing in Canada, but just to ask that question, you know, we just us Edmonton fans worried about McDavid leaving every day, they say, but I mean, they, they do truly are proud of where they come from and he's, you know, great conversation with him for sure. Yeah, no, it was, it was good to get his insight, especially on the battle of Alberta, um, you know, playing a part of that, obviously he played against Alberta probably a few times with, uh, you know, and especially quite a few times, to- quite a few times with the Canadian schedule last year in the, in the season, right. There were, you know, the Canadian teams played each other for a full year. But, you know, it was nice to – it was a great interview. We can't thank Milan Lucic enough for helping set that up and getting that for us. That was a huge get. Um, you know, so I hope everyone enjoys that interview. Uh, we'll come up here in a few minutes. We'll tease it before we get to it. But, uh, you know, trade deadline, uh, you know, has come and gone. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of trades over the last few days. Uh, but in our neck of the woods, we'll talk about, uh, you know, what the Alberta teams have done. Uh, a lot of our podcast is Alberta based, but uh, we'll start with the uh, Calgary Flames since we're uh, on the theme of the Calgary Flames with the Foley. 
Um, you know, they kind of get things done early, uh, getting uh, Kelly Arncroft from the uh, uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, Vandy, what are your thoughts on uh, adding that uh, player to the team? Obviously, he's got a family connection to the team he's going to, but, uh, you know, helping out down the middle. Well, I mean, you talk about a team that, that has an identity. They, you know, they picked up another player that just fits right in, much yeah. like Toffoli and, and the others they brought in. He, he fits right in there. He's of the Sutter mold. You know, he, you know, get in, get after it hard, hungry on pucks and man, the flames who. And even they got uh, Ryan uh, Carpenter from the Chicago Blackhawks today too. It's another uh, grindy. Like a little deal that is going to make a difference come playoff time, come the grind. Yeah. Even the grind down. I mean, they're, they're not going to have a grind, but, but yeah, just playoff type players. That's what they're bringing in. Yeah. So they, for your answer, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Bakes, you know, they give up a, a second rounder, a third rounder, seven, and a seventh rounder for Yarncrot. Uh, what is your thoughts on that? Is that the price is pretty high there? Uh, you know, Yarncrot comes, he comes in at a million bucks pretty much for the Flames. Uh, you know, what's his turn? What's he got left? Uh, he is, I believe he's a UFA going into this year. Oh, okay. Um, let's double check that. Uh, yeah, so he's a UFA, just coming think- off a, a long term contract here but at around 2 million so that, you know, it, you eat half of it, you know, 30 years old. So maybe he resigns, obviously Lynn Holmes, his cousin. And yeah, he, uh, as we talk, talk in the interview, party slash trains with, uh, with, uh, with the Swede guys on the team. Uh, as I screwed up there, I said he parties, but him until fully kind of corrected me on that as a guy yeah. there, but uh, you know, getting in grade with that system that it's pretty easy for him. Obviously he's guys, he probably knows very, very well. And what did, uh, what did they give up? You said, a uh, second, a third, and a in a in a in a, in a uh, yeah, second, third, and a seventh. Uh, so three picks for one one player. I, again, I you're educating me here today on the picks. I was gone all or on the trades. I was out all day, but I don't know. It would it seems to be a varying opinion. This trade deadline is give up your picks, uh, give up some prospects, and then there's other teams are just quiet, you know. And it, I don't know. The full Calgary roster and what they have signed, but I think honestly, if, if that's the type of guy, if he's looking to maybe be another bargain uh, next year over two more years, they re-sign him. He plays well now, finish the year. Maybe he'll get a good value contract, one and a half, two, depending on how he plays. But ultimately, if they're betting on these guys to you know get him over the hump in the playoffs or maybe grind, like you were saying in in the beginning there, Vandy is you know if they're going to give him that extra sandpaper or grit, you know grit to get through. Yeah, you know, the picks now. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. you got Goudreau playing the best he's ever played. You got you know Toffoli in there now. Are you taking a chance on maybe not all in win now, but you can give up some prospects? I, I yeah, yeah. Right I now, can... there's other teams that didn't do that that I'm a little worried that they didn't. Right, so yeah. So, you know, good trades, in my opinion, adding to a good team. They got a, you know, a heavy schedule for the rest of this month at home. Uh, So that's, that's good for them to get some home recipe and, and and get some, some wins in and separate that gap. Uh, We'll shift here to the Edmonton Oilers. Brett Kulak uh, for William Legison and a second round pick. Uh, Vandy thoughts on that trade. Uh, You know, just adding another left shot defenseman. I mean, just Alberta kid. Yeah. I I don't know a lot about Kulak. I, I, I haven't. I mean, I don't. I don't. Is he a big 
big boy play he's, a he's yeah he's or... pretty he's pretty physical he's 28 years old uh he's a good size for sure he definitely yeah. will definitely will help them as of now maybe third pairing but could move up to second pairing and 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 help out but a left shot kind of something that they needed to they were yeah they had the young guys in russell's been hurt i don't mind i mean i wasn't impressed with Lagason. i'll be honest with you i don't know if he just not enough looks but i i he to me he didn't do anything for me as opposed to um the big the big kid we got who's hammering everybody um, yeah yeah i mean he's just he's he's making an impression on me the other Lagason. Just he, uh, he didn't do it for me. Kulak, hopefully, you know, some depth, left-handed shot. Yeah, plays six, a, a big game. So yeah, six two, two hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he's a UFA at the end of the year, so maybe something kind of shakes down on that front. And then uh, getting Derek Broussard, you know, a left shot center. Uh, you know, UFA at the end of the year, thirty-four years old. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on that one, uh, Baker? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it seems like I think it's back to that Calgary thing. Are we going to get a little bit more veteran presence? That true fourth or third line center. If that if that's how they pan out, was it? It's a pretty. Would they do a third rounder for that? So it's uh, a fourth rounder, and Derek Broussard yeah. can play the wing, and he can play yeah. center. He's like a left. I think it's a, it's a cheap bet in the end of the, at the end of the day. So I mean, I think we got some. I wouldn't say fringe players. We have some NHL players. You know. I think they they wave tourists. We have a few guys that are, yeah, they're not fringe. They're not going to go back and forth. But at the same time, are they really going to be signed next year? So it's he'll he'll probably come in. It's see what he can do. You know, if he does add something great, if he if he adds just enough, maybe he doesn't give the big push that you know we said what the guys in Calgary would do. But does he get another look next year because he plays well enough this year? Kind of a puzzle piece. Same with the Kulak thing. I'm going to say, is he protecting Bouchard? Is that one of those guys, a veteran guy that can? show you know down the stretch have that veteran presence and be able to kind of lock things down i think that's uh, the way there's fail to do that sometimes yeah. <laughs> so if you can have those guys or pk <laughs> or just shut things down type of guys you don't big yeah. aggressive offensive uh, defensive the, those are good guys to have i don't know that they're again it's not a wasn't a fireworks today but yeah maybe a couple of decent pieces there for sure and they didn't add any goaltenders, uh, the Oilers. Uh, are you concerned about that? Oh, uh, I'm not. Yes, yes and no. Bandy, your thoughts on that? I'm not. No. You're happy I, with I, what you've you got right, going yeah, right? Koskinen's fine. We'll be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll be fine. You just got to stick to the system. Yeah. Are you liking Sorry, the new system right now, Vandy, with, with Woodcroft in and tip it out? Or you- yeah, you're seeing a lot more. And I'm, I'm, you're seeing a lot more push to the outside. Guys, teams just don't seem to be penetrating the middle. Now we're playing the abs tonight. Let's see <laughs> what we do. But but even the against the big boys last week, the East Coast run that came through here, there was you could tell it was a different voice that was in the room. Yeah. And whether guys were, you know, I hate saying it because I stick up for coaches and and I, you know, not at their level, but I, you know, you know what they go through and trying to prepare. But when you lose a room, it's tough. And yes. and I think that's just what happened to Dave Tippett. And I think bringing in Woodcroft as a new voice, it's, I think it'll, obviously it's helping. It's, I see Connor and Leon, you know, the, the play away from the puck more and more and and they're not i mean we are we're still relying on them too much in my opinion but 
we're starting to give the other kids a shot. McLeod. I mean, every time I look at McLeod on the ice, sorry, I'm going off topic. I'm rambling a bit, but impressive. It reminds me of Nuge, man. Like I, I just a bigger, maybe a little more thicker Nuge. The way he skates, clean. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, I didn't. I went off rambling. No, 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 it's all good. All good for sure. Uh, You know, Bakes, your thoughts. You know, no goaltender, but uh, you know, you add uh, you add some depth around the lineup, and uh, you know, you're going all in on what you have right now. So, what's your thoughts on this? final stretch to get in and and what you what do you think like do you think this is a mistake or do you think this is the right move to make for for ken holland going in obviously we won't know him maybe till the playoffs if that yeah. goes but it's a loaded question in a, in a way i'm good with it yeah. <laughs> no i i think like i said i i varying opinions on it i i think with vandy there i'm good with the way they're playing in front of their goalies is 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 a different game a different style they play on the outside perimeter they don't They'll let guys go in and fight for the puck. You'll see a one, one on two battle, or you'll see and play the outside instead of three guys after one. You could see that all the time. So they're watching that pop out of the puck. They're watching their zones in front of the goalie. A um, lot cleaner shots. I'm seeing a lot. Letting the the one thing with Koskinen, you gotta let him see the puck, let him react. Um, yeah, he does here and there in the beginning of the year. A lot of weak goals went in and we talked with uh, Rudy on his mental health and like w- w- what the difference is when the play- team plays in front of you as much as the goalie playing in front of you. So I like, I like that he didn't make a move for two reasons. I think it would probably affect the room more now if you made a move and who are you really getting? You know, if you turned around and tried to make this blockbuster move, maybe bring Flurry in. what is Flurry going to play to the level that you're, ex- you're going to say, okay, that puts us over the top. That puts us at cup. No, like, yeah. there's no goalie out there that you're going to make that move on. I heard the discussion, like John Gibson, somebody was saying, yeah. my worry is like, are they going to move Koskinen for Gibson? Gibson? Like, this is not good. They're not, nobody's going to take Smith. So at that point, what are you looking at? Yeah. What are you looking at? Losing? pretty high for Gibson because he's got term. He's one of the best goaltenders in the league. Oh. Well, the price is going to be much higher. But how much more player. longer does Gibson want to play there, right? In, yeah. in Anaheim, you know. He's, for any goalie at this point. Yeah. Yeah, for Edmonton, I think the price was too high, and we'll see where it shakes out next year. But I like it when they play that way in front of the goalie. I think Skinner might get a few more looks, depending on Smith, whatever plays. Uh, you know, if he's healthy, maybe Skinny gets a few more looks. I think he played well too. But yeah, the, the style of game and and add those few pieces, like we I just said, shut it down a little bit better. Add that little extra depth of defense, defensive style people that can shut it down. That'll help huge. Yeah, uh, and if they just keep playing that style in front of their goalie, I mean, I think. Again, we'll see tonight in front of the big boys. But I, I was impressed the last few games watching how much that last check, even McDavid and Dreisaitl do dive and try to get the stick on it, right? Yeah. They're not just kind of letting it go. Yeah. They're like, oh, let the next guy take it because my position's out here. And you're right, the voice in the room or the setup of the play just looks different. And I, and I, and I personally like it right now. Yeah. All right, well, we'll get to our interview with Tyler Toffoli right now. This interview is brought to you by Shattified Salon and Barbershop. they got five locations in the Edmonton area. Go to go to Shattified Salon and Barbershop. Tell them that the Two Months Podcast sent you to get a discount off your haircut or anything else you guys are looking forward to getting. If it's done right the first time, you don't have to redo it. If you get Pete's concrete to pour your driveway, you don't need a repeat. When your patio is a PDO, you don't need a repeat. When Pete's Concrete fixes your sidewalk, all it takes is once. You don't need a repeat. And if your basement leaks, a Pete's Repair helps avoid a repeat. 
get it done right the first time with the colors and textures you want so you don't have to redo it. For concrete, you can choose peats or repeats. Peats Concrete. Our next guest was drafted in 2010 in the second round by the LA Kings. He's played 629 games in the NHL to date. He won a Stanley Cup with the LA Kings. He's currently with the Calgary Flames. We'd like to welcome Tyler Toffoli to the Too Much Podcast. Tyler, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, man. We're good. We can't thank you enough. And uh, as you know, Luch is a great, great person. So we can't thank him enough for setting this up. He was a yeah. guest with us before. So uh yeah just the beauty uh so how are things how is the transition you know from uh montreal to calgary now so far it's been easy it's um i mean like i've kind of said before it's it was one of those things where it was almost like the the perfect team for me to go to um considering i knew so many of the guys so coming in uh loose picked me up from the airport and uh kind of just fit in right away and uh even the guys that i didn't know uh they've been great and it's one of the better locker rooms i've i've honestly I've been in yeah yeah it's a pretty good group it's a great organization uh i speak can speak so highly of brad tree living and you know peter hanlon and the rest of the and murray edwards they've just great ownership and great culture there it's uh quite, quite the place to be uh so i'm very happy for you there it's a uh, pretty uh pretty awesome um before we get into everything here um I got to start with some, a funny story before we get into your career and roll down. But uh, so, as you know, we know uh, we know Mike Fuda pretty well. He's a good, great guy and you know him very well. Um, probably like a father figure to you, too. But uh, so he told me the story this morning about when him and Dean Lombardi came to come scout you in the OHL. So I think you probably know where this is going. But uh, yes. so you're on a heater. You were scoring like. I, I, he said maybe it was like 30 game goal streak. So maybe you can correct, but uh... yeah, it was, it was like, a, it was definitely, it was a point streak in the 30 games. Um, and goal streak has got, had to have been like 15 games or something, something ridiculous. And then obviously Fuse and, and Dean came and it was probably the worst game I think of my entire junior career. Like even from when I was like a 15 year old, yeah, it was, I think I was like minus four or minus five something ridiculous yeah. i don't even think i had a shot on net <laughs> that's what oh. he was saying he said it was like he's like it was this one of the worst games you could possibly have he's like dean was like kind of looking at him like he had two heads on his shoulders <laughs> but how did the conversation go after because you guys probably did you meet up with him after the game and, and all that or? yeah I, I i saw him after the game and it was one of those things where <clears throat> like they were down the hallway and i was walking towards them yeah. and i was just i was dreading it and I was like, I really don't want to go see these guys. Because even at the time, like, I don't even think I really, like, I had talked to Dean, but not not a whole lot. So it was only, it was only like, feuds and uh, the de development guys that I really talked to or, or visited me. So when I went and saw him, I can't remember exactly what Dean said, but I think it was basically along the lines was, like, if, if you want to play for me, uh, you're going to need to figure it out <laughs> in, in, like, that sense um and obviously i i definitely figure it out and and whatever but feuds loves that story that's definitely one of the staples um that he tells whenever whenever my name comes up yeah when, uh, that, when he's talking about it was that just luck that day or just feeling the pressure i honestly i don't even at, at the time we we're in we we're in mississauga and they're a really good team like a really good defensive team as well i think that was a year that they hosted the mem cup too so that 
our team was really good, but they they were just the way they played was just super frustrating and like an, an annoying team to play against. So um, just in general, too, I never really played well in Mississauga. So it was just not the game. Yeah, it was not the game for me. Okay. Uh, no, and obviously you went on to a great career, but uh, talk about your relationship with Mike. Like how much he's how much is he he meant to you as you know coming into the NHL and then obviously you know growing in the NHL. Like the, we talk about that road to the to the to the NHL, but how much has he meant to you? Because he speaks so highly of you. Um, so what does he what does he mean to you? Yeah. So I mean, I I, I knew him before. Um, even getting drafted when I was in minor hockey and stuff. So we, we had a good relationship before even turning pro. And once I turned pro, obviously he, he helped out a lot. He was always around. Obviously he had his own stuff going on with how much he traveled and, and all that, but he always kind of kept me uh, in the loop in a sense of, of how things were going. Um, And even now, you know, obviously we're not in the same organizations, but, he was in Calgary uh, weeks say two weeks ago yeah. and met up with him for a couple of beers and stuff and kind of just caught up and uh, whenever his, his daughters and, and parents were in town in LA, I would always go over and, and hang out with them and, and all that too. So obviously the families are, are close. It's, it's a work relationship, but also um, a friendship as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely see he's very proud of you and Simmons and Giordano and, even Luch, he always always wanted Luch, and then when he got to trade, yeah. he was pretty happy too. So, uh, we'll transition to Luch uh, before we kind of go into the minor hockey and the road to the NHL. But uh, you know, he's meant a lot for our podcast. Uh, you know, we were just this niche little podcast, and he came on and kind of gave us that bump that we want that we needed, and it was kind of awesome and giving back to guys uh, you know that he kind of knows through our game because our main sponsor is the Shattified Salons Barbershop and. I don't know if he's ever talked about the hair guy, the hair guys with the hair in Edmonton, but yeah. um, but you know, just talk about your relationship with him. How, obviously, it's pretty close. Uh, he thinks obviously very highly of you, but uh, you know, your thoughts on Luch? Yeah, I remember uh, when we traded for him. Uh, I was at, I was away on vacation with my wife, and we traded for him. And I actually I signed that day too. And basically, kind of how it worked was I signed the deal, and the way it wasn't like less money than I should have signed for, but it obviously was a great deal. Um, but they had said, they're like, Hey, you're going to sign this deal basically. And we're trading for Luch. And I was like, Oh damn. Like, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot yeah. easier. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it was, it was emotional because we traded, you know, my, one of my best friends on the team and Martin Jones, all, it was all kind of happening all at the same time. Um, uh, so it was definitely, it was weird. But when we, uh, when I first met him, he came to LA, I want to say a week or two after that. And I, I first met him. We went out for dinner uh, with him, uh, Tanner Pearson, and some of the management. And we had a good dinner. We, we, uh, we had a good night. And honestly, kind of just hit it off from there. And, and I want to say we hung out almost every day um, that season. And obviously, it was, it was only the one season that he was there. And uh, it was my best career statistically. And I just had a lot of fun with him too. And he's, he's one of the, the best guys I know and one of the best teammates for sure. Yeah, no, you can definitely see that. And 
how much he's meant to you guys in that organization you're with now with the Calgary Flames and huge part and you know Daryl Sutter. We'll get to that, but uh, Jake, take it away. You got some questions there. Yeah, no, I got a few here. But did he did he tell you anything about the Battle of Alberta before he came? I, I got to be honest, I am an Edmonton fan, and it's uh, now that he's playing down there, he's done great things for the program in the two months, and obviously a good friend of Josh's. But it's it's good to see he can bring in players and make it comfortable for you to to be there. But did he did he say anything about that? Uh, honestly, no, nobody really did. Even going into the game, it was one of those things where it was like kind of like an awkward silence. Like everybody knew. Yeah. And yeah. so I was excited for the game. Obviously, I know it's I know it's it's much different. But uh, being in L.A., playing Anaheim all those years, it was Similar. like I said, it's different. But the way yeah. both of our teams were built, uh, it was built <clears throat> the same way. And there's almost like no puck on the ice. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was a little different, obviously, with the way um, Edmonton's kind of built now. They're, they're built with, with a lot of high-end talent and a lot of skills. So I don't think it's the same as, as what it's used to be. But at the same time, I know – I think we play them another maybe, – maybe two more times. So I think those, those games are going to be pretty uh, competitive for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you guys got yeah. a couple of weeks here. So Yeah. The one stat I seen there, information I was reading something on there, you, their first NHL goal was on Mike Smith. So, considering yeah. uh, Oilers' record for letting in the first goal, we're gonna make sure we don't play him the next two games. I don't know how to get the note out to the coach, but say like, don't just don't play him. Yeah. Toffoli's got his number. <clears throat> no, what I wanted to touch on, I got a I got a young son, ten years old. You know, he's playing some some hockey out in the Edmonton Beaumont area, just so tier two, tier four kind of stuff, but. I seen you grew up in uh, Ontario, Scarborough. Um, a lot of my family from there. My dad's a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Uh, but you know, I asked what you know what was it like, kind of growing up, big city, GTA, and then you know, is I bug Josh because he's a huge Toronto fan. I said, is the hype real? You know, is does everybody grow up there want to play with Toronto, or is it just much like other cities where you have your teams you you favor regardless? I think yeah, I think it's definitely everybody wants to play for Toronto and. Um, I think that's why uh, every single year the hype is 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 real for the Leafs, and um, especially now they have such a good team. the The pressure is almost uh, the pressure is high every single year, and it's it's definitely it can't be an easy place to to play for. And um, obviously, fans are extremely critical if they're not if they're not you know living up to the hype. So. Growing up for me, yeah, it was it was definitely uh, my my dad for sure wanted me to play for the Leafs, and then obviously when I came in the league, it was um, he wants me to you know score three goals but lose four three sort of thing because he <laughs> wants the Leafs uh, to win. Uh, but then obviously as my career kind of went on, he I don't say he stopped becoming a you know a fan, but uh, he wanted me to just do well and, and wanted me to win. So. It, uh, it definitely changed kind of throughout my career. And obviously, I think I'm, I'm in, what, year 11 or whatever it is. So, um, like I said, the, the hype is, is crazy in Toronto. And um, it, can't, it definitely can't be an easy place to, uh, to be playing. Yeah. yeah it, it, with that, I was kind of thinking, you know, you obviously grew up in that, you know, maybe pressure-packed situation, even from your younger years of 12, 13 years old. But really more like, what do you think, you know, whether it's parents or what you would tell kids, like what's the best way to kind of take it, whether it's, you know, you don't have to pay for the best hockey teams or, you know, maybe some advice for those kids and parents out there. I know last year for me, it was tough. Obviously it was the COVID getting the kids re-engaged again, but you know, what would you say to them? 
honestly, for me, I've said it before. It's it's crazy how I I feel like uh, kids growing up. It's so one dimensional. It's like hockey all day, every day, or uh, any sport in general. It's you know it's you know, soccer or baseball, whatever it is. Uh, for me, I I just enjoyed playing every sport until I think I I think I was like 13 years old when that's when it kind of got to the point where I had to kind of, you know, move on and, and start playing hockey uh, a lot more in, in the summers and stuff. But for me, for the most part, uh, just try and have as much fun as you can and, um, you know, play other sports and uh, don't take something too seriously when you're, you know, 10 years old or especially as a parent, you know, you can't expect your, your child to, you know, be an NHL or a professional when they're 10 years old, like, like you don't yeah. know what, what's going to yeah. happen. So I think just having fun and, and that's kind of how it was for me. I, I played baseball growing up as well. And uh, honestly, I was just as, I was probably better at baseball almost than I was at hockey at the time. And I just, my dad asked me one day, he's like, Hey, look, it's, it's time where, you know, the, the hockey season and the baseball seasons yeah, getting in the way with each other in the, for the training camp. And then for uh, baseball, you know, finals or whatever it was called. And the next year I, I had to choose and he let me make my own decision. And, you know, obviously it was it was the right decision for me. Yeah, I think that's your key point there is let them make their decision. I think we we look at it. And I said it for my kid was I just wanted to get addicted to something, right? Addicted yes. to one of the sports. You know, I know this year has been great on the ODR for the kids mm -hmm. and getting out and, and actually getting to play and feel like, it, you know, you know, you know, free of COVID. I wouldn't say we're free of it, but still the kids can feel like it's, they can play games again and just keep yeah. it fun. That's, that's awesome advice for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so you obviously get drafted, you go to the OHL. Um, how did that, how was that experience? You know, going to Ottawa, uh, the 67 is a great organization. Uh, how special was that day for you and, and, you know, playing in that organization for the years you did? Yeah, obviously uh, getting drafted to Ottawa, I really didn't know, uh, where exactly I was going to go. Um, I hadn't really, I hadn't talked to them at all, actually. I think they ended up picking me at seven, but I thought I was going 10 to um, Saginaw, I think it was. So the Saginaw or Sarnia, they're both kind of right there. Uh, and I went to Ottawa and uh, obviously it's, it wasn't ideal for my mom. She wanted me to be as close as, as close to home as possible, but uh, obviously Saginaw, you know, wasn't any closer. So, yeah. Uh, going to Ottawa, it was not uh, necessarily going to be a big decision in the sense of uh, college or, or, you know, the OHL. So um, I, I remember when Killer came over, it was uh, it was definitely surreal. And, you know, things started getting, um, you know, pretty intense in the sense of uh, having to move away to, from from home and move into a billet family. Uh, and move away, you know, five hours or whatever it is from from Toronto. So it was definitely uh, a nervous time in my life, but it was, you know, obviously it was needed. And going to Ottawa uh, is a, a a beautiful city, and it ended up being a great place for for me for four years. Yeah. Is there? We talk about mentorship at work where we are in construction. Um, who was a mentor for you in that organization in your years in the O? Obviously, uh, Killer. He was, he was he coached me for the one year, and uh, he was always around. He uh, he's obviously a guy who, who's been around forever, and 
uh, worked with some great hockey players. So he's definitely a guy that I looked up to and whenever uh, he had something to say, you, you definitely listened and uh, tried to, you know, work on your game or, or get better. And um, obviously things, things obviously worked out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, for sure. Um, so draft day, um, was that, was, were, did you get drafted in LA too? Was yes. that, that, yeah. So I think Petro, cause we're good friends with Petro too. And I think he got drafted in, um, the second round also, but so how cool was that, that, that experience, you know, fat find the family there and, and draft day is obviously very, very special. and means a lot. Yeah, obviously it was, it was definitely an experience, uh, not something that I ever want to do, do or go through again. Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought I was going and going in the first round and obviously slipped a little bit, but, um, everything happens for a reason and uh going to LA it definitely lit a little fire lit a fire under me and um obviously realizing that I had to you know start working harder off the ice and um be more committed in that sense so um going to LA honestly couldn't have been a better organization um especially with Dean there uh Dean had a few conversations with me every once in a while to, to keep me in check and uh, kind of rounded my game out. And uh, once I finally made the team playing for Daryl, it was one of those things you have to bring it every single night or, or as a young guy, you're not going to be in the lineup or, or you're not even going to be in the NHL. You'll be, you'll be sent down. And uh, it definitely happened to me a couple of times. And uh, I've definitely molded my game uh, the right way, I think, and, and play the right, the right type of hockey and it's definitely credited to uh the king's organization and, and dean and daryl definitely yeah no for sure and it's like that tom brady effect where it's like yeah you talked about you thought you're going first you go second it just motivates you to be a better player going forward um yeah where you face that and obviously you got success very early on in your career i believe you're in the conference final your first year and then the second year you uh, your first really full year you won the cup but the, the taste of, that, of, of success and how much that means more now, because you guys got a great thing going on in Calgary and we'll get there, but how much did it mean to win a Stanley Cup earlier on and see what it what it is like? Obviously, you went through where you got, got some guys like Gabrick on your team um, that wanted him later in his career, but how much did it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, I think it started with, with uh, the lockout year, uh, playing in the minors all year. Um, and the whole time I'm like, why am I not getting called up? And I was just like, I was not like angry, but I was like, I feel like I should be getting called up. And then you look at the guys, you know, who they had on right wing. And it was like Dustin Brown, Justin Williams, uh, Jeff Carter was playing right wing a little bit when he wasn't playing center. And then I, I realized I'm like, I was like, damn, like obviously there's a reason why I'm, I can't crack this lineup. Uh, and then at the end of the year in the playoffs, a couple of guys got hurt. And I got a, I got a chance. I got a sniff uh played well uh and then the next year I didn't have a very good training camp started in the minors again and that's when uh I you know worked hard and and finally once I got the call to to start playing I think I ended up playing 50 something games uh and then obviously in the playoffs and we had a great team and and we had great leaders everybody wanted to win and um obviously very grateful to to win in my first year and play with some of those guys that you know, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, no, it, it's a great organization, as you said. And um, the one of the cool moments is when you won the cup and you're on the phone with your dad, I believe, is, is it Rob is his name? Yeah. Yeah, so, so you get interviewed by Scott Oak, you're on the phone with dad <clears> back home. Like, how cool was that moment? Obviously, they weren't there, but, like, 
it seemed like watching it, like I, I love those, you know, at, at the end of the year and the ceremonies with family and stuff. But how cool is that kind of just to connect even over the phone? You guys are, dad must have been running down the road or whatnot. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was crazy. It was so loud. I'll never forget. I don't think Staples, I mean, I'm sure in, in 2012 when, when the guys won a couple of years before that it was just as loud. But it was so loud in there. You couldn't even hear the person beside you. I couldn't even hear, um, you know, anything within yeah. the, the, the whole uh, conversations. And then when the cup got brought out, it was just, it was a crazy experience. And um, it just, honestly, it makes you want to do something like that again. And like you said, we have a, a really good group of guys here and um, that's what the goal is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't it make it extra special though, too? Like you said, going back up and down a few times and just kind of having to look at the lineup and knowing what you have to do to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and that's what's, I mean, it's just kind of funny how the league is kind of now where the, there's so many uh, young players in the league. They, uh, you know, guys joke around in a, in a funny way saying that, you know, there's a silver spoon and, and they don't have to grind it out in the American League anymore. You know, they, they get drafted and half the time they don't even play another game in junior. They're, they're yeah. in the lineup or, or in the NHL and, and living the dream. Yeah. Whereas for a lot of the guys in L.A., especially the team that won, uh, a lot of the guys played games in the minors. There's only yeah, a few yeah. guys, probably like Kofi and uh, Dewey. And then honestly, I feel like other than that, everybody else played at least at least, a, you know, half a season or, or so in, in the American League. And that's just the way it was uh, with the Kings organization. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Quick just played his 700th game in the NHL. Um, pretty uh, great accomplishment. One of the best goaltenders of all time. Um, I I hope I'm right on this. I, was it the this year you guys won? Did you guys were you guys down that year? 03 against San Jose. Yes. The, yeah. Yes. So there's that legendary moment where he's comes down the bench and he's talking to you guys. And obviously, you know, it's sacred and stuff, and you want to maybe keep that in, but. That to me, as a fan, looked like that was a turning point for you guys. You guys went on a hell of a run, obviously, win, winning the cup. But do you remember that moment? And and if you can share, you want to share kind of what was said. But what maybe was said it with you guys? It resonated with you guys to like let's get going here. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he's he's definitely one of the most competitive guys uh, on the ice and off the ice in general. He he hates losing. Um, I think even even before he came and said, I don't remember what he said to the bench, but even before that he went to their bench almost. And he was like calling out their whole team. And I was like, I was like, this guy's fucking nuts. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and just nuts enough. Yeah. yeah. And everybody sees, you know, him talking to us, but uh, I'm pretty sure if it wasn't that game, it was another game in that series where he went and I don't know what he said to their bench either, but I'm assuming that he was, calling out all their guys yeah. saying that he would, he would go them. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was the same series, but um, he's just one of the most genuine human beings. Um, and like I said, one of the most competitive guys as well that yeah. I've ever met and played with. Yeah. You can tell like he's hell of a goalie, like Kelly Rudy has been on with us several times and he's talked about how great of a goaltender, you know, quick is, and you know, he's still, you know, trucking along a huge part of their success right now this year with uh, 
with their goaltending tandem. So um, talk about some other guys on the team. Obviously, you know, Drew Doughty, he's, you know, in the media side, they always say he's a quote machine, but, uh, you know, he's not shy of saying what he wants to say. I Like, I always listen to the Toronto shows. Luch has been on TSN Overdrive. I don't know if you guys watch it as players, but it seems like anytime Doughty's making that run through Toronto, he's, he's saying what he needs to say. So talk about him as a personality and, and the player he is too. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the media in Toronto they know what they're doing when they're they're talking to him. Yeah. Uh, but he he always says he's like confidence is is the key, uh, and that's obviously he's an amazing player. But his confidence is is definitely uh, through the roof as well, and that's what also makes him uh, a great player and a, and a Hall of Fame player because he uh, he's the same way. He's competitive. He wants to win. Um, and he knows he can do it because he, I mean, realistically, he's done everything you can do in hockey, right? So, yeah. or won everything you can do in hockey. So um, that's just the way he is and the type of personality he is. And uh, he's the same, same way. He's, he's a great guy on and off the ice. And uh, when I was, when I was younger, he, he, you know, he took me in and, um, you know, he took me for some dinners and, and showed me the ropes a little bit. And, you know, that's why we're, uh, we're still friends. Yeah, well, that's good. I, I seen a clip the other day, him chirping someone about his handicap. Did you ever play golf with him? I did. Is, it, is did. he really a seven? Uh, no, he's definitely lower than that. <laughs> yeah, I figured he's putting money a on sandbagger. it. Definitely yeah. a sandbagger. The last time I played with him, though, he couldn't get off the tee, so he didn't play very well. But um, he's just like I said, he's he's so competitive. It's almost like I I don't even I didn't even want to golf with him because. I mean, I'm a, I think I'm an, uh, an eight or I'm an, I'm an eight when I'm playing. Nice. nice. Uh, I've gotten, I've gotten lower. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't, I'm out there for four or five hours. I don't, I don't want to be like stressing out. I'm going to have, <laughs> to have a good time and, and hit some good shots or, or whatever. Right. So, but playing with him and, and a couple of the other guys like Muzzin and Lewis, you know, they're, they're playing and they're so competitive. They just don't stop chirping each other the whole time i'm like the this, best. Isn't, this isn't fun for me anymore, the best. Guys. Yeah. you got you got to have someone on your team who chirps and then a good goal and i'll well, tell you like, if somebody's willing to bet that's the, not the guy you want to play well it's him him and louis trevor lewis it was like the whole time they wouldn't they honestly they would not stop chirping the entire time yeah i'm like all right guys like <laughs> thanks thanks for the four hours of my life and uh, you can have my you can have my 200 bucks that i lost like yeah. I, I don't care like, just yeah, I find it. it's, if you're that good you can't chirp though you got to play it bad too in order to chirp properly but that's the thing like like the, those three guys that i mentioned they're 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 really good golfers and they always played together yeah. so they would need a fourth every once in a while so it'd be like me or or pearson or um and then like a couple other guys obviously but whenever i'd fill in it'd just be like i'd come home and i'd be like i'm exhausted this is that was just too long of a day for me yeah yeah i'm um, a i'm a huge fan of golf that's something my one of my addictions other than i guess work and family um what's the best place you played what's your favorite place to play uh, or bucket played, list if you have a bucket list one you want to play uh so what i want to do is i actually i want to go do uh do a trip to uh bannon dunes in oregon yeah nice that's, that's one that i definitely want to do Second, um, I my, think, in North America right now. It, it, yeah, no, it's up there, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, but my wife's from Monterey, so I've been up there a couple times. I played Spyglass twice. Uh, awesome. Obviously, that's a really nice course. Uh, played obviously spoiled. 
Uh, I've played LACC and, and Riv and Bel Air and, and all those courses in LA. So those, those courses are definitely hard to beat. Got to get in on a celebrity classic there. Where's that at? Uh, Tahoe? Is that the one in Tahoe? Yeah. yeah that's the same. Yeah. There's too many people there. I, you know, I don't want to be saying and, and hit, a, hit a nice little tough cook and, yeah. and take a fan out, you know. Yeah, exactly. not, that I'm, not that I, uh, out of nowhere, I started get hitting this, these draw, this draw, and I'm like, normally I'm a fade or a slice or whatever, and I started hitting this draw. I'm like, oh boy, you're going both ways off the tee here. You're not going to be hitting a very good round. Yeah. Uh, so golf gets challenging there, yeah i know yeah. exactly it is it is for sure yeah as you know i suck at it jake so. <laughs> hey you're learning you're learning man <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. So you, uh going back to the nhl here um so you, the first time you get traded um you know a lot of guys times is it, it's shocking I, I was watching an interview of you uh not too long ago and you know you kind of seemed like it was it was it was on its way of, of happening but uh you know, leaving such a great organization, but obviously, you know, continuing your career, you know, going on a run and playing Canadian markets now, how, how much of a challenge has that been and how awesome has it been too? Yeah, no, it was definitely weird. It was, uh, I'll never forget. I was, so I was, uh, obviously I was in the rumors for almost like a year and a half, two years of getting traded. So I knew I was, I was going to be a free agent and it was just one of those things where, where you knew it was, it was going to happen. And, um so in that sense i was prepared for it but i think i ended up getting traded like a month before the deadline or three weeks before the deadline so it was kind of weird at the time and we had a a one a one game trip to winnipeg and i was like okay i'm just gonna you know pack my toiletry kit um uh socks and underwear that's all i need i wear my suit on the plane you know it's not that far of a flight so whatever uh and so we we get to dinner and it was a bunch of the guys and I'm sitting there with Alec Martinez and he was, he was in the same position as me. He kind of knew that he was going to get moved. And so we were like sitting there. I just ordered, I think I had, I ate my salad and I, my steak had just got there. My phone was kind of sitting on, we were sitting at the bar top and there was like 10 of us, maybe even more. And my phone starts ringing and it's Rob Blake and Marty's sitting beside me. He's like, he's like, there's no way you got traded before me. And I'm like, I'm looking, I, I didn't even know what to say yet. Yeah, and Dustin Brown was like two guys next to me. He goes, "Well, see you later, Ty." I'm like, <laughs> "Like, do you have any sympathy?" Because his humor is <laughs> yeah. just like such like a dry humor. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah. he's funny, whatever. He's like, "Well, see you later, Ty." I'm like, you "Jerk!" Like, yeah. Whatever. yeah, yeah. You can swear if you want, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was like, yeah. Yeah. you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And so I yeah. answered the phone, and Blakey, you know, it was it was it was a really good conversation, and you know, Blakey's you know he's class act and um i he traded me to vancouver for sure because he knew that i knew a lot of the guys and this um you know the same kind of thing i I knew a bunch of the guys and he knew it was going to be a good fit for me and uh getting traded there to play with you know besser just got hurt so i went and played in uh with jt miller and and petterson and and obviously it was a fit right from the start and and played really well and uh obviously if it wasn't for covid you know we had a good thing going there but uh it is what it is, you know, so yeah, it was good. No, there was, you had a good run there for sure. Definitely good. Like all organizations in the NHL are good at the end of the day. We all know mm-hmm. that it's uh it's the best league in the world. Um, but you go to one of the best, uh, if not maybe the best the, with a rich hair uh, history and in, in the Montreal Canadians and you guys go on a run, obviously your first year, 
um, you know, they're signing there. So how much did it, you know, like, w- was it hard to make that decision when you got to free agency? Cause that was the first time you really experienced that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough and it's frustrating. Uh, cause I mean, obviously you're trying to set yourself up financially for the rest of your life. And the way I kind of signed all my contracts was get myself to my first year of free agency and sign a long-term deal and, um, be in that city forever you know, for the rest of your career. And um, it was, I think, statistically the worst year to be a free agent. Yeah. Um, with COVID. For the most part, yeah. With COVID and, and just everything. So um, that was definitely frustrating. But going to Montreal, I was, I was extremely excited. Um, like you said, one of the best places to be. And, and it was just unfortunate for, for the way that our season went, that the fans couldn't be in the rink. And I couldn't experience uh, the way the Bell Center and, and Montreal in general normally is. Um, so that was definitely a little disappointing, but it was so much fun. And, uh, the, the group that we had, it was, you know, you're going to be friends with those guys for a long time. We obviously we fell short, but um, nobody expecting us to. Amazing running. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so that's, you know, that's what kind of, you know, drove us to, to compete and, and just, play the way that we did and, and battle and find ways to win games. And that's what we did. Yeah. Um, like I said, we came up short, but uh, it was, it was an incredible run and uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, it's uh, I'm your, what, what's that Jake? You know. I said you, your efforts put, put uh, Mr. Bosco there in a Montreal Jersey. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, lost, I lost. Yeah. I lost the bet at work, so I had to wear a Habs jersey in front of all the craft there. So probably had to have been devastating for you. Uh, and, and you're not the only one who probably had to do that. No, exactly. Throw, yeah, I gotta be. Gotta be a good sport about it, though, for sure. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's as good. we had Luch on, Luch crushed my hopes too. As Boston, when he was with the Bruins, crushing the Leafs. But uh, when you guys were down three-one against uh, Toronto. Um, you know what was said, but like obviously with the history they had of their playoffs, I'm not playoff success, but is there something that was said, like you guys have a lot of great leaders in that locker room too. So was it just, you know, game by game or was something said, did you guys feel something that there was a change in the series that you guys were going to win? Honestly, I don't, I don't even really remember if anything was really said. We just, we just kind of looked at each other. And we're like, all the pressure's on them. Correct. All the pressure has yeah. been on them the whole time, realistically. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's true. um, Obviously, Pricer played unbelievable uh, the whole playoffs. But um, now I've been fortunate to, to, like we talked about quickie earlier, and uh, I've played with some of the best goalies probably, you know, in the league throughout my my career in my 11 years, right? I had, yeah. I had quickie. Um, I had Marky. I have Marky again. He's, yeah. Some of the things that he's doing and, and did in Vancouver was, I think he was making like 50 saves a night in Vancouver and we're winning games. So, um, you know, uh, Demer, Demko and Van, he's unbelievable. And then, uh, with Pricer, the, the, the saves and the way he was playing in the playoffs was just like, yeah. it was lights out. So knowing that he was going to be there for us, uh, if there was any mistake and, um, just kind of gave us that calming, uh, sense of relief in the sense that we just go out there and we play. And, um, if we get up in games or, or whatever, we know that that price is going to be there and and essentially save the day for us, right? And that's yeah. what he did. And uh, I think that's you know he's he's the main reason why we came back. Yeah, 
Yeah, hell of a player too. Um, several years ago, I think it was around 2011, 2012, I met Shea Weber. Um, he, I was working at a bar in Edmonton. He came through with his buddies just in town for a wedding, but didn't want like to be, you know, just want to be a regular guy. Um, and I had a good conversation with him after towards the end of the night and just a humble, humble person. But um, what, a, what a great leader. You've been around a lot, but talk about the leadership skills that he has. And, and it was tough to see at the end of the year when you guys, when that was done and, you know, it seemed emotional and, and whatnot and what he's going through. But, um, you know, trying to go, maybe comes back, maybe doesn't, but just the leader he was for you guys in that organization. Yeah, I think, um, so when I signed in Montreal, I really didn't know uh, anybody. I think I, like I knew Galley a little bit. Um, I knew a couple, like a couple guys only from kind of playing against them. Yeah. So I walking into that locker room, I was like, I was, I was not scared, but I was like, this is going to be different. Like, you know, going to Vancouver, I knew, you know, six, seven guys very well. So like, like friends. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of nervous and he just his presence alone, you, you see him. First of all, he's, he's a, he's a massive human. Like people, people don't really, I, they know he's a big guy, but they don't realize that he's, he's a big guy. He is zero, he's zero percent body fat. The guy's just a machine, right? Shredded. Yeah. And so you see him and you're like, holy, you're like, damn, like, it's Shea Weber. He's, he's literally, he's won everything. I think it's, you know, besides the Stanley cup. And, yeah. Um, so just seeing him in the locker room, whenever he said something, not that he said something all the time, but uh, there, there were a couple of games where we want to, or a couple stretches where we didn't win, you know, five, six games in a row. And he comes in and he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing boys? Like, yeah. like, let's go. And everyone's like, yes, you're right. Like, Listen. you're right. Yeah. We need to play better. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, sort of thing. So, uh, just like I said, it just, his presence alone in the locker room, obviously I, play, I only played with him for a year, but, uh, he was around a little bit at the start of this season. Uh, like you said, dealing with, with some of the stuff that he's got going on and, uh, he's still, he, he's, he's around. I know he talks to a lot of the guys in Montreal still that, uh, played with him for all those years. And, uh, he was just a, a, a great teammate and, uh, a, great person as yeah. well yeah well, well very well said and we'll finish up on the calgary flames here um you know the trade going to calgary obviously it's just you know pretty much just you going right to an organization that you know so much about with with uh, sutter and so many of the other guys they already spoke about that are there right now um but just uh you know did you know the trade was was coming like how did that work out and then obviously it's just been a great fit you're pretty much almost a point per game player since being there you're a huge part of what they do uh, you're one of the best goal scorers in the league, Tyler. So just talk about that and, and the connection with Calgary and how much it means going to the, such a great organization. Yeah. So uh, like you guys, like you said, like I, I know so many guys on the team, right? So um, I was with Luch over the, uh, the bye week or whatever, the, whatever the all-star week, whatever it was called this year. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I wonder maybe we're going to trade for you. And I was like, yeah, like I, honestly, I haven't really, talk to my agent like a whole lot like I, I don't know what's going on um and like I had said like I, I didn't necessarily want to get traded like I love being in Montreal right yeah, so exactly um obviously it was a tough year but um they they hired Marty and Marty obviously you guys have seen uh the things that he's done with the team he's basically yeah. you know did a complete 180 yeah um literally since I 
you know, I got traded. So obviously all the fans and all the media are saying that I was the issue. And I was, oh, I was, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. really, that's really nice of them to say. It's exactly, yeah. exactly what you, yeah. what a, a human being needs to hear. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but obviously it's, it's all, it's all fun and games, but um, so it was the, uh, the Super Bowl party. It was the Super Bowl and, you know, all the guys are together. We have the day off the next day and uh, a couple of the guys on, on the team, obviously I'm not going to name names, but oh, no. they text me and they're like, Hey, I think we traded for you. I'm like, there's no way. Like whatever. And my wife had just left. So I was by myself. And so we're at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl party. We're having fun. And I wake up the next day and I woke up at like nine, 10 o'clock. And I'm like, we have the day off. I'm like, why am I awake right now? I'm, my wife's not here. I'm literally, I'm probably just going to lay in bed and sleep all day basically. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden my phone starts ringing and I'd fallen back asleep. And, and my agent is the only guy who, if he's calling, my phone rings. So I did, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I didn't set an alarm. And then I look and it's my agent. I'm like, oh boy, like, what's going this on? isn't good. They weren't lying right? yet. Yeah. And, and so he calls me, he's like, hey, I think, I think Calgary's, um, you know, pushing. I think, you know, something actually might happen, you know, within the next couple of days. And I was like, okay, like, I'm going I'm to look at my phone and I'd seen, and I'm in a bunch of group chats. And obviously the one with Luch was like, it's him, his wife, my wife, and, and our, one of our best friends. And I look and there's like 25 messages. I'm like, which isn't that uncommon because yeah. you guys know Luch, right? Yeah. So Luch loves to talk and yeah. he's always got something going on. And, yeah. uh, it's a, it's, I have a couple good group chats and that's one of my favorites, obviously. Um, but he, I, I, I look at it and he goes, Ty, it's, it's happening. And his wife is going nuts. And then my wife starts calling me and everyone's like, Ty, like, what's going on? I'm like, I have no clue. I literally, I'm still half asleep. Yeah. And so finally I get all the way down and it, and it was Kent, the GM of Montreal. And he had texted me basically right when I rolled back over to go back, go back to sleep. He had texted to say, give a call. And that's when I was on FaceTime with my wife. And I was like, I was like, this, uh, this obviously is happening because before I even called him, you know, that doesn't happen. Right. Oh, and I had, I had a, a pretty good relationship with, with the new management that, that got brought in with in Montreal. And we kind of, you know, we had a multiple different conversations and he said, he's like, look, I'm not trying to trade you, but if there's a deal, you know, then, you know, you might be a guy that gets, gets moved. Um, so we had multiple conversations and uh, he kept me in the loop. And, and obviously that's kind of what happened. And yeah, uh, next thing I know it, I'm, I'm doing all this media with Calgary and everybody's calling and uh, I'm trying to get all my, my literally I'm trying to get my life together yeah. and figure out what I'm going to be bringing to, to Calgary. Cause like I said, I'm there by myself and my wife, she, she, she does everything. Yeah. Right. So she, uh, she was calling me, telling me what to pack. And, and she's like, you got to clean up the apartment a little bit. And I'm like, there's like no way I'm doing all of this. My flight's in four hours, right? Yeah. So I'm doing all this media, and then finally I get to the airport. My buddy Jake Evans on on the team drops me off, and obviously it was it was a little emotional because I really didn't get to say bye to to anybody on the team. Yeah. Because it was the day off, right? So I went in, grabbed my hockey bag, said bye to the, the trainers. Um, I had a good talk with Marty be before I left, and um next thing i knew it i was i was in calgary and i was sleeping over at lucia's place and he's cooking me a, a new york strip at 
10, 12, 30 at, at night. And uh, I think I played the next night. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it was not. And you scored too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, it was yeah. definitely crazy. And, and like I said, I didn't necessarily know that I was going to be getting moved. Um, but going to Calgary and being familiar with so many guys and um, coming back to, you know, playing with Daryl, who um, I've, I've, I think I've said this ever since he wasn't my coach that he is probably the best coach and he knows everything he does. He knows it has a purpose. So yeah, yeah. obviously things have been working out well so far and hopefully uh, we can just keep playing well and I can stay in, I can stay in the good books here and, yeah. and, uh, and just keep winning. Right. Yeah, dude, good. The one, one great thing I, I most organizations, but one thing I love about Brad is, uh, He's very loyal. He's very loyal to the group, and obviously, you know, you played with Sean Monahan uh, in junior, and you're back on the line with him now. And you know, I think that helps him out too. And in, in you know, you know, giving you guys balance more more balance throughout the lineup, and you guys just got Yarncrot from from, the, from Seattle, and obviously he's got Lynn Holmes' his cousin, and he parties in, or trains with uh, Markstrom and, and them in the summertime too. So just trains party. Yeah. Trains party. <laughs> yeah, big difference there. Yeah. You can do both. <laughs> you can do both. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and we had, we had Brent Sutter on our podcast before and just the Sutter family in general are great. And I think Daryl's one of the best. He's a quote machine. You guys played Colorado the other night and his quote. After yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty, one, yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. Um, is there, just the last question um what do you think in your mind in your opinion and what you see in being with the flames right now what do you think what's so good about them what is just the great structure you guys have but what do you think is so good about that organization and and the team you guys have for a good playoff run that you guys are hopefully to have here yeah i think the expectations for everybody are you know are everybody's held accountable and everybody has to play the the same way right so Mm -hmm. um realistically if you look at the way um we play it's it's four lines and everybody's playing you know certain guys get more minutes than others because you know penalty kill and power play but for the most part i think five on five is Even. is relatively the same and obviously you have a guy like johnny who's who's what third or fourth in the league in points and um you look at our game yesterday you know i think he played 14 minutes or whatever yeah. it is yeah. you look at you look at um you know other other guys you know they're playing as far as they're playing 22 minutes a night. So um, everybody's held accountable and we roll four lines. And um, I think that's kind of what makes us so successful is because every time you're going out on the ice, you're fresh and, and you're ready to go and, um, and you have to compete and that's what's expected. And, and if not, then, you know, that's when, that's when you, you yeah. get in trouble and, and, and yeah. then you sit on the bench for a little bit. You know? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it seemed to work for sure in Montreal and, and being an Edmonton fan, you see that a lot more up here now where they're trying to balance it out. I love to hear that, that everybody's even minutes and you know, yeah. go out there, put your work in for your minutes, right? Yeah. Let's exactly. screw up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. And that's how it is. And that's, yeah. like I said, I think that's kind of why, you know, we've been so successful so far for, for the short time that I've been here and, um, you know, you get excited. You you want to come to the rink and you want to work and um, and you know what's expected every every single day and um, you know at every shift realistically. Yeah, well, that's good, man. You guys are getting your flowers. That uh, I know uh, you you might have cleared a debate there with Vandy and Clay and them because you talked about how important you know playing in front of a goalie that makes those saves and and understanding who's back there and really pumping the team up. 
And, and that might have cleared up a few things with Clay and Vandy. Like, it, it really does drive the team, right? So, these, yeah, these other guys are a co host, is what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, we had to, we have the same uh chat going, yeah, the same chat, we had some debates, yeah. and it's yeah. you know, it makes a big difference when, yeah. when you fight out there for each other, right? Yeah, no, I mean, just I think at the end of the day, knowing that, uh, everybody's different but for me knowing that uh, you know we have marky back there and uh he makes the big saves and it's not like he's he's always making like these crazy saves but he's just he's he's calm he's steady in net and um you know it's just the way it is and yeah, and obviously we have the, the way we play we uh we kind of keep it tight in the d zone and and don't really give up a whole lot so that that helps at the same time too so yeah. it's uh it goes it goes both ways and um it's you know this the same the thing the same things expected of Marky. you know he's he's back there to to make the saves and yeah. and he knows that as well so if, if you were to talk to him he would uh you know he would credit you know the d and um and obviously the you know the forwards too but he would credit us uh with with helping him and and keeping things as easy you know as possible for him yeah, nine nine leads the league with nine shutouts, man. It's uh, you know, he de- definitely deserves the credit and talking that hockey term, getting your flowers, getting your uh, getting your recognition, uh, is pretty sweet. Uh, uh, so yeah, we'll finish up on that. We thank you so much for joining us, Tyler. This means a lot to us. Uh, you know, it's uh, taking the time out of your schedule to, to join us and talk about your career and all that continued success going 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 on here pretty gonna be pretty sweet to experience that red mile feel in calgary man in the playoffs that's quite the definitely play. excited for you can you can feel it kind of brewing especially now with the uh the weather getting nicer and uh, yeah. the patios starting to open up it's, yeah you can tell you can they tell have that, some nice golf the courses there too so i've heard i've heard yeah yeah. Close to the mountains. Golfing uh, anytime soon, though. Right? No, that's no, why no. I said to said to Bosco there. I said I better. You know, now's not a good time of year to talk about it. But yeah. I know I got a few family members that are huge Calgary Flame fans and are excited to see you play. And they, they you know, uh, they just love the impact you made on the team. And and unfortunately for me, being an Oilers fan, now I got to hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> good thing though. So no, it's uh, great. It's great. Thanks again Definitely. for joining us. Uh, and uh, continue again. Continue to accept success. So I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that interview with Tyler Toffoli. Uh, Thank you uh, to him and the Calgary flames and Milan Lucic for, uh, for making that happen. It means a lot to us. Uh, So, you know, hopefully uh, they go on a good run here and make it interesting. And maybe we get to see a battle of Alberta in the playoffs. Uh, So it would be a definite uh, excitement around the league, but uh, we we definitely need it. Definitely need it for sure. No, it's good. It's good for sure. Um, so we'll kind of get back on track here, you know, looking, uh, looking at more trades here, Colorado, you know, Andrew Cogliano goes to Colorado, Josh Manson goes to Colorado here in some trades. Those are the biggest ones they make. Uh, and then obviously, uh, trading, uh, Joe's for, us, uh, Miko Stern, but you know, the abs a little bit loading up here. Seemed like they're all in. They didn't get drew. They really wanted them. Um, but Florida loaded up really big here, but you know, Colorado kind of the front runners right now for leading in a cup. We'll get to Tampa Bay soon. They made some trades too, but you know, are you guys happy with those moves bakes on, uh, you know, Colorado going all in here with what they did as a Western coast fan of Edmonton? No, but yes, very good. You know, it's, they, they just keep adding. Um, and I'm sure you'll touch on the Toronto one here. And it just seems like they're making the right moves, really getting the guys in for the depth and being able to work around the cap space and, and, and bring the right, guys for the position get the right players in you know it seems like it reminds me of kind of the pittsburgh 
when they when they were really going on cup runs quite often and they just bring in the right pieces at the right time that are that are gonna you know make those small differences like vandy was saying earlier um make those small differences that put you over the top and you you never know who it's funniest thing you never know who's gonna when you get into the playoffs all of a sudden it's not landiscog it's not mckinnon it's this this other person that comes up from the third line that becomes your hero right and they're, they're adding that depth and unfortunately like uh Sutter said the other day, <laughs> let's, let's hope the, eight, so eight games, waste the eight days, right? Waste of eight days for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, if it could go six days, I'm sure the team who's playing them now would just say, yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah. No, the, uh, Vandy, your thoughts on Colorado's moves and yeah, they're, I mean, of what they're doing. They're, they're a juggernaut right now. And yeah. they're just, all they're doing is, is adding depth and, you know, Cogliano to me is a perfect fit. He can skate with that team. He can play in your top nine. Mm-hmm. And the kid, I mean, he, he's got to be hungry. Yeah, Miko Stern's got to be yeah. hungry for a new opportunity. And then Josh Manson on D, a big right shot defenseman. has got some term too. So Well, and, and they added some size, right, with, yeah. with that and some toughness. And maybe that they got pushed around a bit. Well, you know, Eric, Eric Johnson missed the missed a good part of the playoffs last year. And that's a right shot defenseman with size. So, you know, you cover your, your ends there where, you know, some depth, uh, your depth in the lineup is, is taken care of just in case. Yeah. I, I mean, Colorado's, <laughs> they're going to be tough to, they're going to be a tough. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. They'll definitely be scary for sure. Um, you know, go, let's go to the, you know, Carolina hurricanes here. They make some moves kind of, you know, getting Domi, uh, you know, kind of a three-way trade to get him uh, with the Carolina hurricanes. Uh, you know, he hasn't had the, He's kind of been up and down. It's kind of been meh with him. I uh, did pretty good with the the Canadians in his first year, but other than that, it's been kind of all over the place. But do you think like Carolina is a deep team? That's one of the contenders too. Um, who knows how much he plays? Because uh, that's a roster. It's pretty deep, so it's going to be tough to get in the lineup every night. You would think he would get in. He does seem probably he's a regular in the lineup, but uh, just adding more depth there. The Carolina Hurricanes bakes thoughts on them going into the into the final stretch here after the deadline. Yeah, I guess kind of wondering like what's the fit there? Where's where's where does he fit in? Yeah, it it, it it's a good question because you don't know where it really is. Like, is he you know like he doesn't fit in the top six in my opinion, and he is like probably a, well they got they got young guys there, right? They, they got, do, and they got oh, they young skill, right? Yeah, that's good. I'm kind of thinking that like like are they are they trying to turn him into a a, a Brendan Lemieux or or you know like I'm a little kinda, shithead? Like, to yeah. me, yeah, pest. So to me, it's uh, I don't know, like it, it. I don't think it was, is he signed through next year too, right? Oh, he's a UFA at the end of the uh, year. Yeah, I almost feel like he might do another two there, but I think it would probably be exciting for him. There's a lot of young talent. There's some older veteran there too, but I'm just thinking like to me, where's the fit? But if he gets along with those younger, talented, and young players, does does that bring that? you know, feistiness back out of him. And like, he was, he's got some decent hands too. Like he's got some skill himself. So does that bring that out in him? I think depending on how the fit is, I, maybe that brings it out. Maybe it's just, again, it could be kind of, he could be lost in the fold pretty quickly. I mean, what day, what was the, what was the cost on that one? Uh, it was a three way. So it was quite complicated. Uh, you know, so it was, uh, yeah. He might be a guy though. Like I just said that, you're sitting on a third line, second line. No, you know, yeah, it was a lot of minor, 
minor league players kind of moved around. Um, I think he's more, like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say, I don't know his full stats, but he could be one of those guys you get into the playoffs that could end up being a hero. You mm-hmm. know, it just, he plays with that feistiness when, when he plays with that feistiness, I, I, like you said, it's kind of been a down year for him, but I think it's a, a wash at this point. They're making the playoffs. Yeah. So when he gets in, he could be one of those guys. We know him. We know, we know we're big fans of the, you know, Domi and, and, and that family. Right. But we, we know them, as, but there might be a lot of people in the U S and different places that don't know who Max Domi is that after the playoffs, they're going to know who he is. It yeah. depends. Right. It's yeah. you it's not going to be, he's not going to be the superstar. He's not going to be the guy that they're going to be, you know, leaning on for all these points or, or, or excitement or drive the team. So maybe that helps. Him. I, yep. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's good. It's a good move for them. Yeah. Just adds more depth and that's the yeah. theme, but the biggest trade of the day was flurry going to the Minnesota wild <laughs> uh, relationship with Bill Guerin obviously makes that easy transition. You know, Bill Guerin was assistant general manager with the penguins and they won their cups there. Uh, Vandy, your thoughts on, you know, getting that player into that mix and uh, Jacob Middleton also on the back end get, getting added in. Uh, he's from the San Jose Sharks, uh, just the bottom six. Uh, well, I mean, any team that will, is able to get Flurry, you you automatically win that deal. It helps you. Um, I don't know who their backup was, but now you Well, they had Capo Kakinainen uh, was their goaltender. And obviously now they got Talbot and Flurry as a tandem going down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I'll live with that. If I'm Bill Guerin, yeah, the team he's assembled there, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know if that was the biggest deal in my opinion, but it, it was. I mean, the biggest name definitely of the but, day, probably. Yeah, today, yeah, yeah. But obviously, yeah. I think you know there's some other ones around. Yeah, with, no, I, I mean, yeah, yeah many, many got better with the flurry trade, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, what was your thoughts, Bakes, on that one? Yeah, I think where they're sitting in the standings, it's probably not a bad move, depending on who they end up playing in the playoffs. Another guy that can – I don't know how his season's been, honestly, not playing on the greatest teams. You know, it's – Better, they, better team they're... in front of them, a little bit of a better yeah. system. But the Minnesota is both 22nd in goals against, so they need to clean that up too. It's not yeah. like the Minnesota Wild, but they're actually yeah, who's, pretty good. Who's standing pretty good in front of him? Yeah, they've been pretty good at scoring goals too. So Again, I think it comes down to the, the, the teams like that. They're banking – on the playoffs and yep. what somebody can do all of a sudden he stands on his head price last year they go oh we got the right guy if it doesn't work out i don't the cost was a little high if it doesn't work out but i guess he's signed through right two more years uh flurry no he's a ufa so, oh, okay yeah, so 37 what was it? it was a first overall right yeah uh second i believe no, the second that turns to a first if they yeah. win yeah exactly uh, yeah so yeah. it could be costly but at the same time uh, yeah, he could be one of those guys that just he stands on his head and you, you look like you won. If he doesn't, then you you, you like you said, you got Talbot still. Uh, I think he's kind of up and down too. But I, I think it was a good move for anybody that could have picked him up. But yeah, no, they, exactly. They had the cap space, I guess. Oh, for sure. This one I really like was uh, uh, Ricard Raquel from Anaheim going to oh. and Vandy shaking his head going to the Penguins there. Uh, Simone Reese and uh, Clegg uh, getting uh, traded there. So kind of a three for one, but uh, in a second round pick uh, going back, but Penguins load up on Raquel score, right shot. Uh, definitely can fit in. Vandy, your thoughts on this move? Oh, there's your Malkin's got a winger. Yeah. I mean, he's a two time, three time, whatever it is, he can pot 30 goals for you. Yeah. So 
I mean, ooh, that, that's a. Uh, is that your move of the day, Vandy? Or no, no, but more? I mean that that was quiet, right? Yeah. No, it yeah. wasn't. Everybody, it kind of. I I don't know if I'm wrong, but it might have happened around the time Flurry got dealt. Yeah, kind of got lost. Was talking about Flurry, and it did. It got lost in the shuffle. Now Pittsburgh, to me, gave they gave up a lot for him, but I mean, obviously, Pittsburgh sees something that they, you know, and and there's history there. Yeah, people know who he is. Raquel, he can put the puck in the net, man. So <laughs> you got to give Malkin yep. some help. And I mean, I, who who knows how healthy he is, at Malkin? I mean, and I missed one earlier. Colorado added uh, Arturi Lekkinen from the Canadians. That was a good pick too. Uh, yeah, adding a couple of uh, scores there. Good in the playoffs last year. So that was that was one I missed there. But uh, you know, even Nick Letty going to you know veteran player. Got final uh, conference final a few years in a row with the, with the New York Islanders. Uh, you know, this guy's a veteran player, but uh, you know, thoughts on Raquel going to the Penguins, Britt Beaks. I said earlier, Pittsburgh doing Pittsburgh things, they just seem to find the right pieces at the right time that fit. I'm Evan, you just said it, he found his winger. Well, yeah, let's hope he did, but yeah. generally, they just seem to find the, the right piece at the right time, and 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 yeah, maybe a maybe a bit of a cost, but I think they're in a spot. I think they've, they've surprised themselves where they are in the standings and say, you know what, let's get, let's get that added scoring. I mean, I, I think they're the defensively as a whole, they're a pretty good team. So in the end, you, get, you want a little bit more offense. I, I just worry, did they get smaller? Did they get weaker? And they could have, they could have got a little bit, not as gritty, grittier, right? So that's something that Reese was a bit of a beast, right? Yeah, he's a good bottom six player. So yeah, they gave up a lot to get. Yeah, Yeah. and I just, that's my only thing is you you shift gears to try to get points and you lose that, just a little extra bit of toughness when you're going to need it in the playoffs, unless the refs this year decide to call penalties. Yeah, But that's a whole nother story. Nope, it is. It's a whole other <laughs> one, and we'll have many of them as the podcast yeah. goes along here for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll shift the gears to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They get Mark Giordano, Colin Blackwell as a Leaf fan. Uh, you know, Vandy's shaking his head on this one, but I, I, I think it's okay. You know, but they, it, my concern: too many left shot defensemen on that organization, and I'm, I'm a lefty righty kind of person on that. I like that that mix. Well, you're a Babcock, eh? Yeah, I guess Bob so. Clark likes the lefty Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, what's your thoughts on that uh, trade, Bakes? Uh, you know, uh, Giordano going back home to Toronto, uh, Blackwell, you know, uh, fourth line center involved in that. And then you got two seconds and a third round pick, uh, you know, going back to Seattle for that pick, for that trade. Well, it's back to what we were saying earlier. As some teams didn't pay for the drafts, right? So, I mean, those second and third rounders could be something in the end, but couldn't. You know, I think they're banking on what they have in Giordano. I think Giordano last year, deadly season. Yeah. This year, kind of fell off. I think you bring the bring a guy home, bring him where he wants to ultimately be. Like we talked about the hype is real. The Foley talked about it. You know, that's mm-hmm. you got it. There's an uptick right there in his play. I guarantee you for just being around home and the excitement, the level he's going to. I think this is a big trade. I think it's a. It's going to pay off, whether it's left, right, D, like you said. I, I honestly think the veteran presence, he's going to be a good presence for that team. Yeah. He, it, uh, honestly, I think that's – I was surprised when I seen it. I said, man, that's a good pickup for them. I just think, no, he's not captain, but you got Tavares. You got these guys that 
you don't need to be superstars, but they know how to be part of a team. Yeah. They, they know how to take the next step, you know, and, and maybe he's got some energy left in the tank for the playoffs. I just, when I seen that, I thought it was a great pickup for them. I was shocked. I said, how do they keep getting these guys? Like, but again, I think it's the GTA, uh, uh, greater Toronto area kind of yeah. virus that lives in every, anybody who from played out there, but. You know, I think it was a good pickup. And yeah, I'm gonna call it a virus. It's a virus. It's a disease that they have. <laughs> you know, I want to play for Toronto. No, but I think it's great. You know, that one's good. And and fourth line center. I mean, I don't know. That, that's more of a depth one. See where he fits. Yeah. yeah. Daredano was the one for me. It was wow. I, I was a little bit surprised. I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, very happy for these fans. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully it goes good for sure. Um, all right, we'll move on to uh, you know uh, this one was interesting. Claude Giroux going to Florida. Florida just loading up. Uh, haven't got over that playoff hurdle themselves in quite some time too. But them getting going all in. Uh, they also got Robert Hag, uh, you know, from the uh, Buffalo Sabers. So definitely interesting uh, moves for them. They loaded up quite a bit. Here they've still got Joe Thornton on their roster. They got some veteran presence there, but they're a mixture of young of a young group. Uh, their back end gets a little bit solid. We'll see what how uh, Ekblad's injury works out here. Hopefully, it's not too too long. Uh, he's fought through a lot of injuries right now. Um, you know, but uh, you know, Vandy thoughts on you know Drew going to the Florida Panthers. Well, I I wonder if he. I mean, obviously, teams every team was probably phoning in on him. Yeah. And I wonder if he had a say in where he I went. I think he did have probably the final yeah. say is my guess. But no, they're just they're another team adding a skilled player that has experience in the playoffs. So and that going, you know, with him, it's been a a shitty season to say the least for the Flyers. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's a little um uninspired. And I think getting him to Florida playoff run. Uh, you know they're in the playoffs but but coming down the stretch it'll rejuvenate them much like i think giordano is yep. you know he's been in seattle at, at this point i think these guys know you know you're playing in seattle it's yeah you know probably a beautiful place to live and the the crowd's electric but but you know your team isn't that good every night in night out so you don't tend not to get motivated. I think Drew probably went through the same thing. And I think you're going to see some rejuvenated hockey players through a lot of these trades, I think. So, yeah. Uh, Bakes, final thoughts on you. And uh, we'll just uh, finish off with two hockey trades that kind of were big ones too. But uh, your thoughts on the Drew trade? Who wouldn't want to go to a team with 90 points and the taxes are lowest they are in the NHL? Yeah, why not? <laughs> but I think exactly what you said was it'll rejuvenate them. I think that's the veteran presence that Florida needs. Yeah. That's the guy they need right now. They have a lot of talent and they're really putting up the points, but that, like you said, some struggles in the first round. And I think that's the type of player that whether he plays good or not, will just be that extra presence, you know, for the team. I think it'll help. Yeah. Anytime you can add captains into your room. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it helps. Yeah. So. yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Hampus Lindholm going to the Boston Bruins, uh, re-signs an uh, eight-year deal. Uh, obviously, DeBrusque re-signed there too, but uh, him, Lindholm still $6.5 million for eight years. Uh, John Moore and uh, Vakaninen going to the Ducks uh, with a first-round pick, second-round pick, and another second-round pick in 2024. Uh, so that's a big hockey trade. 
you know, Bakes, your thoughts on that trade, uh, you know, definitely uh, something Boston probably needed is a little bit more help. They haven't been the same since losing losing Tory Krug on the left side with someone that can move the puck. But, uh, you know, thoughts on that move. What did you say, sir? It was 6.2? 6.5 million over eight years. Yeah, I think you just touched on uh, just that gap that they had there, and I think it's it's a good move on their part. I think they're just – they're kind of a middling team, and – That'll help. I, again, I don't know the other pieces that you said on that trade, but it's definitely it'll it'll you know kind of solidify their back end, and I think he's a player that will definitely change the look of that 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 defense. But uh, what you said, Tory Krug was injured. No, no, Tory like no, they he haven't traded. He got when oh. he re, when he didn't uh, resign with Boston. Yeah, yeah. He went to yeah, yeah. St. Louis Blues, so they have no, that left shot defenseman to move the puck. Like Boston's a bit complexing to me. I don't know. Like they used to have an identity for such a long time as a tough team to play against, and I just I don't know where they sit nowadays. And, and I don't get a chance to see them as much as you know maybe I'd like to, but uh, Toronto does, and I think Toronto's probably looking at them lately, going, you know, they're they're just not the same team. They don't carry that same. Uh, identity and and I think Lindholm, like you said, moving the puck and having that presence back there, quarterback. I mean, at twenty eight years old too, he's still got oh, years left, right? So yeah, deadly. Probably in most of his prime of his career, going to an organization that's winning. Yeah, and help him out. Vandy, yeah. your thoughts on that move? Yeah, I mean, for some reason, we get a lot of Boston games out here. I don't know why they're usually on the early. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've watched them, and you you get the biased. Northeast announcers, it's funny. Yeah. But no, they're they're uh I mean Jack Edwards, I, I agree with what hey Jack Edwards and Annie Brickley, interesting yeah. guys to say the least. <laughs> I agree with what uh Big said is is they just if they didn't have those three, you know, the the perfect line or whatever they call them. Uh if they didn't have those three, perfection, I don't know. If, perfection line, yeah. yeah, perfection line. I don't know if they even have an identity, right? I, it's, it's, they just, they're not intimidating to me. They're, they're moving towards the uh, fast puck moving um, really transition game. And it's a lot different than what, what I think we're used to. I think what Leafs fans have seen in the past. So it's, yeah, he'll, Lindholm will help. Yeah. And yep. to sign him to get him. I mean, obviously, They've had their eye on them for a while and just yeah, knew that if they can get them, they're scooping them up for the remainder of his career or, yeah. or lack thereof. Yeah. The peak of his career anyway. Yeah, yeah. peak, yeah. All right. Well, our next episode, we're going to have Bob McKenzie. He's going to be back with us, kind of breaking down after all these trades are done and then just seeing what uh, next with Bob, uh, where his next step is going to be. Obviously, he does a few Leaf games throughout the year, but uh, we'll preview some of the draft stuff with Bob McKenzie going into this uh, next episode uh, with him. But uh, we like to thank everyone for joining in on this podcast today. It was uh, really fun to get back going kind of with the group, and hopefully we'll get a little bit more of a rhythm going with our with our guys here. It's been busy with their kids playing hockey. Uh, that's kind of why you guys haven't heard a lot of them lately. So thank you for bearing with us, but uh, trying to throw out the best product as we can. And thanks again to Tyler Toffoli. Any final thoughts you guys want to add before we sign off? Uh, the Rangers loaded up today. Yeah. The trade yeah, of the day was cop. I think. You like that Andrew Cop move, eh? Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I There's a few that... we didn't get to, but we'll tease no, 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 we'll get I to them with Bob. Uh, you know, kind of a long pod here. Uh, Rangers short... made a statement today. Yeah. 
That's uh, Igor Shosturkin, probably the MVP in my opinion, you know, what yep. he's done for that team. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Bakes, anything you want to add before we sign off? No, just a pleasure being with you guys again. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys, we'll chat later in the week. Uh, Bob McKenzie, uh, his interview will uh, be on Friday, so I'll drop probably later Friday or on the weekend. So thanks again for everyone joining in.